Blog Talk Radio. I know that everybody, some of you may be listening to us on your phone, which I greatly appreciate. You can find us on Facebook Live as well. Um, Blog Talk Radio, 646-668-2182 is the number if you want to get into the conversation as well. I uh, got the gentlemen, I'm going to bring them in. got the guys, I'm going to bring them in here in a minute. But it, just pull up the weather app. Everybody's got it on their phone. I know you do. And just look at the state of Michigan. If, if you could go back a couple of hours, just go back a couple of hours. Just this morning. It was raining, damn monsoon outside, damn there, in certain areas. And then it turned to sleet, and then it turned to snow, and it's been windy and stupid outside ever since. I, you know, I know there's other places in this country that we live in where the weather does this, but I swear to you, I don't for the life of me, as I bring in our two fellow guests co-host as always the lsaa ron tv will join us here shortly fellas i i can't think of another city in the midwest that does what we just experienced today i i i can't figure it out i just can't i i don't know i don't got it there's actually quite there's actually quite a lot of them chris uh this is okay to Detroit well, I, or uh or michigan um, i'm sorry i suck it happens a lot pretty yeah. natural phenomena I only travel to like, you know, Livonia and Novi and Canton. I don't stay in the metropolitan area. I'm sorry. I just, I, I don't know. Today was just stupid. I, I, I don't know, man. Just, yeah, stupid. Hi, McGriff. How you doing? Yeah, man. I'm, uh, I'm good, but how are you? I'm good. I'm good. B. Ellis is in the building as well. Good evening, sir. Good evening. How are you? I'm, I'm good, man. I'm I'm good. Before we started, because last week McGriff was not here, he came in on the road. But McGriff, I you know, I saw a video and a lot of people were paying tribute to the Black Panther movie. I know that you mm-hmm. I've seen it twice as well. I don't know if you've seen it more than that. But I really want to just get your take. Just, just outright, flat out, bottom line, rate the movie, everything. Uh, you have man. I, uh, sorry, go ahead. I said you have the floor, sir. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. Um, I know there was a lot of anticipation going into this movie. We were all hoping that it was going to do well, and uh, it met and exceeded all expectations. Um, I can't remember the last time I smiled that much just watching the movie. And yes, it's all fake. Yes. Wakanda isn't real, as far as we know, unless they're just actually having that battle and trying to see if they're going to come over here and help us or not. Um, but, yeah, man, it just it, it felt great. And I think the biggest reason why it felt great is because representation really matters. You know, if you think back to our childhood, how many times do we go see a superhero movie or 
see a movie with really prominent and great acting and great characters, how many times did they look like us? You know what I mean? How many times did we run around acting like we were Power Rangers when we were all trying to be the black? Oh, no, we weren't. We were trying to be the green and red Rangers. But you know what I'm saying. You know, it was yep. <laughs> it was a great feeling to see somebody that looks like you out there, you know, saying, and it wasn't like your typical black, black, black uh, movie. Like there weren't any slaves in the movie. Um, we weren't in the hood. We weren't selling drugs. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was powerful, man. And I'm, um, I'm glad that it is doing so well. It's definitely on track to make over a billion dollars. Um, so yeah, I mean, big ups to them. Um, I only saw it twice. Uh, I say only because I was tempted to go see it some more, but I'm looking forward to it coming out on DVD so we can see that, that four hour cut of the movie that, uh, was rumored to exist. Nice. Nice. Right. Six one six. Just like. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna, I was gonna just jump in there, but uh, yeah, amazing film. Um, and I was gonna say just similar to uh, McGriff correcting you on some things. Uh, there was a scene of potential narcotics being uh exchanged at the beginning of the film in the, in the hood. Uh, but but no, man. Overall, great character. Uh, uh, no. That 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 what? wasn't narcotics, uh, sir. I, I, you know, one can be associated with it, but it wasn't. They would look. You're, you're, you're assuming. No, no, no. That definitely was the hood. That there was no, there wasn't any. Uh, well, you're, you're, you're talking about there being narcotics being sold. There weren't I any narcotics. They were, they, I didn't you, see you're that. the one that said narcotics, sir. Did you see Baggy? Uh, are you making Are you making generalizations <laughs> based on the area that was presented in the movie? Wow, Brandon! Yeah. I think really he is, do that? I didn't see any. Yeah, no. Wow, you just label and just stereotype some people. Just wow, <laughs> wow. Again, it'd be man. your own people, man. It'd be your own. Man, people. It's funny. No, but it was a great film. Great film. Uh, like wow. you said, representation was just wow, amazing. Man. I thought all the characters up now. No, right. Literally, just crack the joke and it go well. But I know, I know, McGriff is a full out, you know, uh, full out. Just Uh-oh. that it was a Uh-oh. crazy, amazing uh, film. Uh, so I'm with uh, it. I'm with uh, it. Uh, I'm with uh, it. I think we need to transition <laughs> really quickly for your sanity. We we need to transition. <laughs> <laughs> you you failed on that with TV, man. Uh, you got any thoughts on the movie? Um, it was a solid movie, man. I've seen it twice. Um, and uh, Marvel did a, did a great job. Um, only, you know, one of my takeaways was it was only, actually it was only one bad guy in the entire movie. And I find it funny that, uh, the colonizer was the one that prevented the last, uh, aircraft from liberating those that couldn't liberate, couldn't liberate themselves. So I thought that was kind of odd, you know. But solid movie. Thank you, thank you, TV, for clearing it up because Ellis messed it all up, all of, all of. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised about that, man. (laughs) (laughs) Per usual, thank you, TV. Per usual, full court press, NBA round uh, table discussion. I wanted to introduce the uh, FT Sports Power Five, whether it's questions or just the Power Five as far as 
uh, your teams that you're watching, your top five right now. And it transitions every single week because there's more, a lot, there's a lot of NBA games that take place, as we always know, gentlemen. I, mean, I think Golden State has already played twice this week already. So I, I am curious to see at this point of where we are right now in the NBA, the top five. I mean, you can go from one to five, five to one, you know, take your pick. Uh, I am curious to see what, the, the, I guess, the five teams that you guys are looking at the most. doesn't matter who's. Uh, I'll jump in. Uh, I mean, by default, go to State Warriors, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, throwing into that mix now will be the Houston Rockets, um, San Antonio Spurs, and to round it off, uh, would be the Celtics. I still don't trust the Raptors, so... Is this, is this your order? No, the, if you want me to go in order, from my top five, uh, number one would be Golden State. Uh, number two would be Houston Rockets. Number three would be Cleveland Cavaliers. Number four would be uh, the Boston Celtics. And topping my five would be the San Antonio Spurs. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. TV McGriff? I don't know if I'm qualified. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, You've been watching a little bit, man. So I, I, whoa, get in there. Not yet. Um, You're not ready. The, the, the Supersonics, um, the, uh, <laughs> the Sun, uh, Vancouver Grizzlies. <laughs> the Vancouver Grizzlies. The wow. New wow. Jersey Nets. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Okay. Um, Charlotte San, 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 San Diego San Diego Clippers, man. Uh, uh, Cincinnati the Cincinnati Royals. Uh, uh, the Cucamonga. The, uh, 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 <laughs> the New, New Orleans Jazz. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll say Golden State right now. Golden State defending champs, Houston, uh, OKC, Cleveland, and um, I, I want to say a team I'm, I'm I'm really starting to not starting to pay attention to, but I think um, I really want to keep a close eye on is the Pelicans. Hmm. Hmm. Now. I want interesting, to, I, I, interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because you, you brought out the Pelicans and I was going to ask because I didn't know you were going to bring them up. So let's talk about the Pelicans and I guess the Timberwolves if we, if we could, because when I look at the Timberwolves, obviously it's a huge blow. They just lost uh, Butler for parts of the second half. If you would, he may be back before the playoffs. And then the Pelicans, I said it a couple of weeks ago, there isn't a better player playing better Paul George since December, but Anthony Davis, pretty damn good at this point, gentlemen. And I think he's, I think he's carrying this team to greener pastures, maybe past the first round. So I guess rank them then the Pelicans and the Timberwolves. What are, what are you seeing from either one of these teams, TV? You said the Pelicans are in your top five. So what is, what is it about them that's got them in your top five? Um, I'll just say for Anthony Davis, I mean, for me, it's, it's his um, pretty much ex- the expansion of his game. I mean, being able, not just being, you know, a, a defensive presence or a low post, but being able to shoot the three, being able to take a defender off the dribble. 
I mean, it's just it's all around game, man. Ever since Boogie Cousins went down, I mean, I mean, you're you're starting to see a guy if any given night. I mean, he can give you 35, 40, 45 if he wants to. Um, I think he's one of the, the one of the better skilled big men in this league right now. So, um, I believe what not last night, but a couple of nights ago, I mean, he had what over I believe over thirty five, over forty points. But I mean, I think that just stands out for a team that's you know bound to somehow make some noise come postseason play. And it was it was it was it was great to watch at one time. You know, him and Boogie Cousins before Boogie went down with the injury. You know, two twin towers, but. We've never seen two big men as athletic as as a Boogie Cousins or even uh, Anthony Davis. So I think that's what stands out to me. It's just his overall game and being able. He's multidimensional. That's the word I look for. He's he's multidimensional, and that's what I like about Anthony Davis' game. You know how I feel about Boogie. I'm not a I'm not a big fan of him. Primarily his attitude. I, I mean, he's cleaned it up this season. It's a shame to see him go down because they were on the, on the rise though. TV, and I'm curious, man. Since you got him in your top five, I'll just ask you: MVP candidate? I mean, is he a legitimate MVP candidate? I'm all, I don't mean like last year where James Harden was there, or you know, vice versa. You got Steph Curry kind of hanging around, or LeBron James hanging around. I mean, he is a legitimate contender for the MVP title. I mean, you can make, you can make the argument as him being an MVP candidate. I mean, I think when we uh, started off, and I know I'm going off of last year, but I think I actually had him as far as winning the MVP, just you know, just based off his body of work from previous seasons. So um, you can you can make the art you can make the argument for Anthony Davis as far as being a top five MVP candidate. Okay. Now, will you win it? That's different. That's a different question. Different but question. You can make. The, I I could say you know I consider him a top five MVP candidate. Ellis, you 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 kind of you know. Had to raise your eyebrow when he threw the Pelicans in the top five. Why? Uh, I not so much the Pelicans, I guess, that threw me, but more so the Thunder that he threw in there. But uh, as far as the Pelicans, Anthony Davis has been playing amazing basketball. Honestly, he's been consistent in his career. Um, he has limited the, the injuries this year, which is great. Um, to, to to TV's point, I definitely put him in the top five uh, for this season. And then you know, I I, I have to recognize that. He's taken, you know, he's stepped it up, and his team has responded to Cousins going down to the injury. Uh, so it's it's caused him to, I mean, I don't, I, I can't say necessarily improve on his overall statistics or numbers because he's done that. I think, but for some reason, the team seems to be more, a little bit more uh, well coached, more well polished, and from there, it's it's really showing that you know Anthony Davis is benefiting from that. And I'm not saying that he's not out here making people better. Um, I just think that he's doing his part, and he has a, a collective unit finally that's displaying some level of of uh, prowess out there on the basketball court. And you mix your you mix in Rondo, I, as unorthodox as he is, I don't know. He, he tends to he tends to really take on that role as a as a as a point guard and really help facilitate the ball and put people where they need to be. And I feel like uh, Cousins and Davis has benefited from him being on that team as well. Uh, not taking away from Anthony Davis, but he's been pretty consistent with the, the 30 and 12 and two rebounds his entire career. But uh, I think the pieces around him have gotten better. So uh, it threw me. Oh, go ahead. I was going to just ask about OKC. So, TV, do you, you brought up OKC. 
I've said for a while, I'll continue to say it, I think that they're a better team if Melo decides to come off the bench. But why are they in your top five? Um, I just think that's that's a team that can actually um, prevent some cause or present problems to Golden State in, in the postseason. I mean, I think I talked about this last last week, but um, you know, with Paul George playing some of the best ball in his career so far, and then of course uh, Westbrook being able to provide you a triple double, but also that wild card in Stephen Adams, I think will probably be the difference maker, you know, in a seven game series against Golden State. So that's why I have um, go to, I'm not going to say well go to say the course, but that's why I have OKC in my top five. Okay, fair enough. I I, I got I, oh I, I didn't cut you. I was gonna say I got to I got to see a little bit more TV because I've seen uh, a group that still hasn't jailed. Um, Paul George is playing amazing basketball, but it hasn't translated to wins. Uh, and they they still I still feel like their chemistry is a is questionable, and they're they're. I'm not even. I mean, just looking at this, they're they're barely in the playoffs. Period. To even have a chance to even go up against Golden State or Houston, if they were to play today, though, they would play Golden State right now if the playoffs were to start. Um, but I don't think that's saying much them being in the seventh seed as a seventh seed with the level of talent that they have out of those three people. I, I think that that just shows that just shows. Yeah, but that, you got to take but you got to take consideration of the, the level of competition in the Western Conference too. I mean. Western Conference oh, is a level of competition All right, so then it's, this shouldn't be new then. I mean, a team, even though they have a 500 record, one loss, you know, could either easily drop them from five, five to eight. I mean, so I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that assessment as far as where they should be, you know, better. I mean, again, Western Conference should be. It just so happens well, that right now, OKC is two and one against Golden State so far in the regular season. I agree with you. I mean, my only, the reason why is because okay. there's five teams that are in a, in, a, in a jam right now. Golden State, I mean, Minnesota, San Antonio, New Orleans, Portland, um, OKC, even them, if you want to throw Denver in there. One loss, two losses, and a couple of wins could put San Antonio down in the ninth seat. So, I mean, and then right. oh, same, OKC, two wins, a couple of losses from these other teams, they're in the fourth seat. So, I, I just, I don't know, I don't agree with that assessment, but to what TV is saying, they're a legitimate threat to Golden State. Defensively, what Steven Adams has been doing may not be the best team against maybe the Rockets on paper, but statistically and honestly, what they've shown us on the court thus far in three games, they can beat Golden State in the seven game series. I'm just looking at their overall overall, man. Um, they give up a lot of points. There's still there's still a lot of holes in that team defensively. And I mean, looking at their last they're six and four in their last ten games. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're, they're okay. Uh, I, I just feel like they're still playing inconsistent basketball and I'm, I'm not seeing, I just feel like there's a lot of inconsistencies with the, with the level of talent they have. It, it just, it feels like they haven't quite figured it out yet. And I'm still waiting on them to burst on the scene with, with, uh, with those three being cohesive with each other. So, well, so that was that's my, only, my only pushback there. Okay. So if you're a critic of them, I'm pretty sure you'd be a critic of, of the Sixers, but the Sixers are, I believe they're seven and nine and they're, I mean, they're seven and two in their last nine games, seven wins, two losses. They beat big time teams. And then sometimes they falter. They go on a two, three game losing streak, but you didn't even mention them. Mm-hmm. It's just in the Eastern conference. And we just don't respect the Eastern conference because the wizards are playing we don't re- without John Wall. Boston. Are you saying the wizards or, or Philly? Which, which one are we looking well, at? I'm throwing all the teams out there. 
Philly right now is seven games in mm-hmm. in a nine game stretch, stretch winning them. Indiana's hanging around. Sure. Washington's been playing extremely well without uh, without uh, John Wall. Cleveland, we know what they're mm-hmm. about. Boston's hanging around, and they've been plagued with a couple of injuries left and right. And in Toronto, all they've been doing is just being consistent and quiet and holding down the number one seat. But those teams mm-hmm. haven't been mentioned. One of you guys top five because they're jokes. Wow. And uh, actually, I did put two teams out of the East in the top five. I gave Boston and Cleveland recognition uh, for being in the top five as far as just the league in general. But not Washington, so I, the Sixers, and not the Raptors. No. Leave the East by seven games. They're a joke. They do this every year. Um, and I think, that, I think that John Wall potentially has a lot to prove when he gets back because that team – they, they once again they have the, the cohesion isn't there, and I mean that's the same thing I'm seeing with the Thunder. You know, it's ironic that he's the same coach, but he has a lot of talent. Scotty Brooks, he has a lot of talent on these teams, and I'm not seeing him maximize the talent, and I'm, I'm not seeing these groups be a cohesive unit. Billy Donovan, in my opinion, is struggling with the three people that he has on that roster right now. So I mean that's that's my my opinion on that. It's not it, it, they're not playing fluid basketball. The five teams that I that I've picked, minus maybe Cleveland, because we're still looking to see what they're going to do. Those other four teams have been playing cohesive basketball throughout the course of the season, in my opinion, especially okay. the Spurs. Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard being in and out of the line, not even in the lineup. Um, pretty much the, uh, Parker being demoted to the bench, you know, and this team continues to be on track to have another, you know, 50, 50 plus wins every season. So, that's where I'm looking at. There's a level of cohesiveness there at, from the team perspective, one through twelve, that I that I see in those those top teams. Fair I'm enough. not seeing that out of I'm not seeing that out of Philly. I mean, now Philly, I'm happy at what they're doing, and it's it's good to see these these prospects finally, you know, playing the ball and and healthy. So I think they have a bright future, but I can't I can't put them in the top five period as far as teams. Uh, based off of uh, based off their performance, but I like the direction they're headed in. Fair enough. So you just mentioned head coaches. So TV, I'll just throw this one over to you. Catch the oop if you want. Team is too predictable. This was the comment that came out of uh, Teron Lou, coach of the uh, Cavaliers, after their most recent loss. I uh, believe they play. Who do they play at home? They got they got destroyed. I forget who they played. I'll get the team. But after that game, they came out. He came out and pretty much said, "Hey, this team is too predictable." You just got brand new players. You just flipped the entire damn roster. Why are you mm-hmm. still saying the same damn thing? Like, TV, am I missing something here? Because a couple of weeks we were defending Teron Lou, and I don't think we can defend him any longer. Does he just got to go? Is he, is he gone after this year? Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't see how this team is too predictable. I mean, Again, you you just got these players. Uh, next a week from today will be a month since they acquired, you know, um, uh, Clarkson, Clarkson and um, Rodney Hood and so on. But uh, I don't know if this team is too predictable. I think it's just a matter of this team coming, to, you know, just coming together. I mean, again, midseason trades, you know, it's 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 hard to gel right right away. It takes time, but even even if Coach Lou is gone after this. I mean, who they bring in won't matter because you know. LeBron, chances are LeBron may be gone. So at this point, um, and just just finish off the season and do the best you can. Come postseason play, man. But I don't know if this team is too predictable. That's that's kind. Of, I I can I don't know if I can agree to that statement. 
I mean, they're six. They're six of 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 eight. They won six games out of the last eight games with this roster. But yet, you come out and say you're predictable after you get beat by the most consistent team in probably all four sports, the San Antonio Spurs. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm just confused because again, the narrative he continues to say the same thing over and over and over again. And at what point do we just say, you know what, Teron? I mean, maybe you just are not a good coach. Maybe you just have been held up because LeBron James is on your team? Is that a bold statement? You know, the disrespect? I mean, I don't want to be that guy, but... I mean, I I guess you could say a lot of coaches look... I mean, outside of uh, Eric Foster, I mean, a lot of coaches, you know, look good. (laughs) You know, when they have LeBron on their team, the moment he departs, I mean, you know, it's very rare that that team, you know, stays afloat, you know. Unlike, you know, Miami, they managed to stay afloat with with departure of LeBron, but... uh, I don't know. Maybe because that that San Antonio game, maybe it's just ma- sometimes it just comes down to matchups, you know. Sometimes it just comes down to uh, style of play, and you know teams just have your number. But you know this this the same Cleveland team beat that beat what Boston that beat OKC, um, so they beat some good clubs going into you know going to All Star break or so. So again, I don't agree with him saying this team's too predictable after losing you know after getting their butt kicked by San Antonio. It's just so happy that that day. You know, or that particular time, San Antonio just had the better matchup. So, yeah, I just, yeah, man. yeah. I, I, you know, I just, I, I know that we had talked about Coach Lou a couple of weeks ago, and that just, I, I'm just confused when he comes out and says things like that. I'm like, man, um, you just got a whole new roster. What is it that you want at this point? I don't get it. It's got to be. It's kind of like it's like it's like what more do you want, man? Like, come right. on, dude. Like, I, he's just making. The- at this point, you got your asses beat by by San Antonio. It happens. Everybody loses to San Antonio. Honestly, I don't even know why they continue to win with the roster that they have, with all the damn dinosaurs they got on their team. But they still get it done. So talk about the system. It's the system system player, and they keep, and they keep talking about Kawhi Leonard being a system player, which I just I don't I don't agree with that statement. But we'll get into that another day. Um, gentlemen, McGriff, you can get into this conversation. I'm pretty sure this is easy, smooth selling oh, for you. Huh? This, this is easy for you. Draymond Green. <laughs> Dray, Draymond Green. You, you, you know who Draymond mm-hmm. is. Yeah, he's that guy that uh kicking people in the nuts. Nut kicker. The nutcracker. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was driving in. I was driving into work. I was listening to um, um, XM uh, NBA radio, and they were talking about passion and stupidity, and they labeled it with Draymond Green because the guy who continues mm-hmm. to get technical fouls the way that he does, and for those who don't know, after a certain amount of technical fouls, you would then be suspended. But in the playoffs, it resets. Mm-hmm. They, we confuse as fans Draymond Green or any player with the passion of the game and being heated and all this other stuff that comes along with it with stupidity when you're yelling and screaming at the at referees and getting thrown and tossed out of games. It doesn't really impact Golden State to a degree because they always win. But just from a team mm-hmm. aspect, passion, stupidity, I don't know, I don't want to use the word stupidity. I guess that's a little harsh word, maybe another word. But isn't there a fine line between the two and if so, shouldn't players in the NBA, especially the NBA, carve that a little bit because it could hurt their team? I mean, there, I mean there's, there's certain elements to it, though. At the end of the day, it's a game, for one. They are pretty much highly paid entertainers. And really, like, 
there's only certain things you can do to stand out in a league. You know what I'm saying? Like, either you are you can be really good at what you do, you can be really good at the game of basketball, and if you got a personality to go with it that's going to make people be talking about you every day, make you be one of the talk, most talked about people on ESPN, like, I mean, more power to it. And we all know how passionate games can get. I mean, we we can't easily forget that not even two years ago, somebody on this podcast was about to fight at a flag football game. We're not going to say who, but, uh, yeah, somebody had to be held back. So we've all been there, you know what I mean? So I don't think it's stupidity. I think it is really raw passion for the game. Now, when he was being a nutcracker, I think that that was a little too far. He He didn't really – know what kind of guy he wanted to be yet, and he was just kind of being everywhere. But And we can even see by Draymond's uh, past behavior that that's just the kind of guy he is. I'm really sitting back thinking to myself, who was about to throw hands on the flag football field? <laughs> Somebody. <laughs> I'm, okay, all right. <laughs> all I know is I had to, I had to hold the person back. I, that's all I know. Yeah. I had to hold the person back. I had to yeah. calm oh. down, man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm really confused. Like, I, 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 <laughs> it, he 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 was walking in that man direction, and I I, I said I said, bro, it ain't worth it. I had to walk. Man, <laughs> real talk. Damn. Uh huh. Interesting. Man, it, 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 it's good. Yeah, game about of football. Game of football. It, 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 it does, man. He look, he's about, he's about to deliver them hands. I said, I said, bro, uh, we we out middle of nowhere. <laughs> it ain't worth it. Oh, um, oh yeah. Uh, mm. yeah, I was getting, getting illegally blocked. Oh, but yeah. Okay. I, 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 so Ellis is the guy. So the, I guess the suspense is over. Okay, all right, I get it. That was the day that. <laughs> okay, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did. Yeah, Ellis, you would have got your ass. So, I mean, I, I'm just saying, bro, I don't know. Uh, I don't know about that, big fella. Nah. But, uh, uh, nah. 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 Forever, oh, 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 boy, oh, boy, would have, oh, boy, would have, uh, would have got embarrassed. That's what I said, man. That's why I had to get in front of the other one, like, bro. Come on. It ain't, it ain't worth it, man. That's what I'm saying. Uh, uh, yeah. forever means something. It, it does. <laughs> Yeah. Ellis had, had a different walk too. I was like, I never seen him walk like that. So I already know. I already know. A couple of times, a couple of legal boxes yeah. about the big dude, an ox that we was playing against, that kind of just tossed everybody around. Uh, maybe that's not the guy that I'm referring to. Maybe it's the guy that was much smaller. No, it's just it's, you know, uh, size is nothing when you you know you see red. You know, it is what it is. But uh, right. yeah, that's yeah, right. no, true. I, you know, All right, well, the Justice for Jewels campaign with uh, <laughs> with Draymond, you know, like yeah, yeah. he's he's, at, he's at, passionate. And you know what, Draymond, this enough is enough, man. Like enough is enough. I mean, he's at that point. You know, you you got he has one tech left or one one tech left before he's suspended, the uh, automatic suspension. So, no, they I mean, once again, he's just. I know, but I say he has one left. So he'll once he once he gets another one, he'll have zero left, and that means at that point, if he gets one more, he's suspended. So he has one left that he could just utilize without without being penalized for for losing a game. But that's you know it's gonna have to take a lot of self control because he's about to get ready to go into the playoffs in a minute too. I don't know if that clock resets itself in the playoffs. No, it does it? Reset. TV or? Yeah. 
You know, every Saturday. Okay. Every, you have six that you, so you can got, get. You got it in the postseason? Yeah, six in the okay, postseason. So I, thought any, if you, I, thought if you, I thought I thought if you get a tech in the postseason, it doesn't kind of like roll over. Like, say, if you got one more, you get one more. Doesn't it kind of roll over in the next season or something like that? No, it, it, no it resets. It, oh. From the regular season okay. to the postseason. But I, I guess that's the point, though, TV, because, again, and I, I feel like you would take Draymond's side on this because the passion, I, there's no doubt he's passionate on, on the court. There's no doubt about it. And I love it. And I like the attitude that Golden State has, but it's too much of it where he is getting technical after technical after technical. Almost every game, as much as you can bank on Steph Curry, Clay, or, 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 or uh, Durant hitting at least three threes, Draymond's giving you a tech game. It's almost that consistent. And at what point do you say, you know what? All right, man, I get it. But is it just too much, man? Is it too much? Ourselves good. When did this type of Draymond started to get all these texts? Probably after they lost for a second. Probably after the year they lost the championship. Or before, well, I was going to say, I was going to say probably after they won their first championship. When I and what I'm getting at on that part is. When you have won a championship or two, your attitude changes. And I feel like with some of these players that have won championships, like a Draymond Green, it's almost as if it doesn't matter if I get suspended. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a champion. I've done it. So, you know, you can throw the book at me if you want to. But I'll, I'll be back out here, keep, and I'm going to keep doing the same old thing. And number two, you got to look at who the coach is. I mean – you know, Steve Kerr is is known to get a few get a, quite a few texts himself. So sometimes right. players mm-hmm. take on the personality of their coach. So if we're if we're sitting here saying that Draymond enough's enough, then we gotta look at Steve Kerr and say, Hey Steve, you're the coach, you're the leader, you're the captain of the ship. You need to tone it down as well. With all due we... as a player, if I see if I see my coach doing certain things, then as a player, it's like, well, damn, you know, okay, if coach is taking that type of approach, then I need to take the same approach. If my, pro- if my coach is uh, a laid-back, you know, not-in-your-face uh, type of guy, then most of the time your players are going to be reflective of that. Greg Popovich gets thrown out of games. This is consistent as Steph Curry hits threes. I mean, he just got tossed last night. Greg Popovich gets thrown out of games. His players don't have that same mentality at all. And he's a heated coach. And you say he takes the personality. So I, I, I guess, am I just missing the part that I, I guess I'm missing something? Cause no, I can, I can jump in on that. You do, you do take on the, the, or the mentality of your coach, but Greg, Greg Popovich is a no nonsense coach. He's a very militant coach. Um, so he can have that level of fire and passion. And, and get it's kind of like, it's kind yeah, but it, I really do think, and I mean, it's been great for him. It's a few coaches to have this, Coach K, Coach and uh, Coach Popovich, but it's like a true, fully, full, full father figure for these, even for these grown men. I still think that that's the level of respect that they have for him, and right. it works. I try to meet it works. Which other group? I said I should try to meet him. <laughs> I mean, what? he seems to be a very woke individual when it comes to. What's happening politically throughout the, the country, throughout the league? He seems to have a post of his team always, and he he demands a level of respect for his team. Like there, there's no one bigger than the team, and no one bigger than him as a coach. 
Um, I think when you go to when you go to Golden State, to TV's point, it's the same situation. I mean, mm-hmm. Kerr is pat; he's loose. Uh, at the same time, he, he is a firecracker when it comes to his personality, and I think that he creates that type of environment for his team where they're all loose, they respect him, and then there happens to be one that 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 he allows to be a firecracker, and he kind of encourages it. I think he throws a little bit of fuel on that fire and says, hey, go out there. And I've heard him say it. Go out there and get attacked. You know, just know that you have X amount. So, yeah. and, he, and, and, and he's add, fine with that. And to add on top of that, um, there's been a few players under Popovich that's been, that's been, you know, that's received texts and been injected, like Tim Duncan, for example. You know, Tim yeah. Duncan has received a few texts and has been ejected. So, some players on, on you know, that he's coached over the years. Yeah. Oh. And then um, also, to add on top of this with Golden State, I mean, look at Steph Curry. I mean, you know, with him throwing his, taking his mouthpiece out and throwing it. I mean, again, you know, the way your your coach carries himself, most, you know, most of your players, not just some, but most of your players take take on that, take on that, that attitude on the court as well. It's reflective of their reflective of their coach. So, yes or no? From all three, Draymond Green, his attitude is Steve Kerr's fault. I don't no. think anybody said that. I don't think anybody said it was Steve Kerr's fault. I, I, but, I personally don't have any issue with his attitude, though. No, he did. The Justice for Jewels campaign went out on him, and he's been he's been in the clear of that. Um. He, he does get technicals, but that's he's the heart and soul of that team, though. And on top of that, nobody's saying anything about Durant, who's just who's equally right behind him in, in, in technicals. Talking Draymond Green with the fact that he this is the third year in a row at this point where he is facing suspension in the regular season because of technical foul. Uh huh. I mean that's but he's consistent and it, he's also consistently a winner, <laughs> and he he also consistently demands that extra umph out of his teammates. So, I mean, it just comes with it. I mean, you, a lot of teams have somebody like that. A lot of teams do. So, is it passion or stupidity? Both. That he's always in the situation. Can't be both. Got to be one. Both. Well, I'll say passion then because you, you made a comment that you seem like it's happening every other game. Now, it feels that way. It looks that way. But let's be real. They've played 62 games. He's had 14. So, it's happening – once every three games, if you want to go there, it was sarcasm. Jeez. No, but I'm. I, I know no, that. I'm saying over, I know it's been grand, play. In the in the grand scheme of things, what I'm trying to say is, it's not that often. You know, it, it's it's a 33 percent chance that, that that can happen when he steps out there. You know, and you you got to deal with that. You got to deal with that statistic. Consider the fact that he's the anchor on so many levels when it comes to. Them on defense when it comes to getting them involved and get them and to get that team up and going and make sure that they they pretty much switch gears. I mean, when you think of that happening, you think of Draymond Green being the catalyst for that. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean toward the passion. I'll 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 switch gears for the last NBA question before we move on to the rant of the week. LeBron James, first player in NBA history to reach thirty thousand points, eight thousand assists, first player to do that. So. I'll just ask this question, and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll make sure I phrase it correctly. I feel as though that people are still living in a dream where Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson are the cream of the crop. I mean, they are. And I'm not saying that they wasn't great. They were. I watched a lot of Mike growing up. I, I will say that. 
However, at what point do we just say, you know what? LeBron James is just the man. He's a freak athlete. He's done things that no one has ever done. And at what point do we just say, you know what? Maybe he is the maybe he is better than Mike. Championships aside, LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan. Will we ever get to that point? No. And I'll, I mean, as great as he is, stats you know, stat stuff for Supreme. I mean, he's an amazing talent, an amazing all around talent. And he's a winner, you know, by definition. He's a winner, but he's not a champion. I mean, it's kind of the, you know, I don't know if I had to compare it to some football, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. At the end of the day, great, phenomenal athletes. Peyton Manning statistically probably has more yards, more touchdowns, more accolades as far as what you consider to be the best quarterback. But when it comes down to who's about to take me to the promised land and deliver, we know it's Brady. When it comes down to Jordan going to the championship, having that killer instinct, being that alpha male, giving me the ball, I don't care who else is around me. And on top of that, assembling the talent around him to be able to do that, it's Jordan all day. No question about it. So, no, LeBron's not going to get in front of him. Like You can stuff the stats all you want. You are three and seven in the championship, or three and what is it? Three and four, three and five in the championship. When it comes down to championship uh, competition, Jordan is six and six. Kobe's five and two. Like I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. When it comes down to, and I know it's a team sport, but in basketball, it very much so becomes kind of an individual situation. If your skill set is that through the roof, you have that ability to make impact. And I've watched. I've watched LeBron put together every roster that he's wanted to have to be able to compete for a championship. So I don't want to hear that he hasn't had the talent. I don't want to hear. So championships be damned. You say, nope, you got to throw championships in there. TV, you agree with that? I mean, I think that's part of the equation. I think the problem is a lot of people that are Jordan fans just say, well, Jordan's 6-0 in the NBA Finals, right? Jordan six and no NBA finals never lost. So then, it's, so then you take a step back and you say, "Well, wait a minute. So you mean to tell me Jordan only played six years? So Jordan only played six years, won six championships, and that's it. So we can't forget the fact that this man struggled in the postseason. He's never beaten Boston. He was one and three against the Bad Boy Pistons. Uh, he got swept by the Orlando Magic, you know, when he came after retirement. And don't forget, he did play for the Washington Wizards where they didn't make the postseason, and he's had over four losing records. Now, you got to ask yourself, well, what about LeBron? Okay, well, LeBron, yeah, he's three and five in the NBA Finals. But I look at the fact that LeBron has never had a losing record. LeBron has never lost in the NBA – has never lost uh, in the first round of postseason. This man has been to – was it seven straight NBA Finals? Seven straight Mm -hmm. or eight straight or so? That's unheard mm-hmm. of in, t- in today's era. And the fact that LeBron has made players around him better. Let's not forget, Mo Williams went to the All-Star game because of LeBron James. Uh, LeBron James beat one of the best Pistons teams with a, with, you know, with a mediocre team to go to the NBA Finals in what, 2007 against San Antonio Spurs. This man has won rookie of the year, multiple MVP, more, more regular season MVPs than Kobe. Um, mm-hmm. So if we look at his body of work, 
I, I, th- I think it's better than MJ. And I think it's going to be better than MJ. Now, to me, this is impressive. The fact that he's the first NBA player to eclipse 30K, 8K assists, 8 rebounds, it just shows you his all-around game. We, can't, we couldn't really say that about Jordan. So, I'm at the I'm at the point where I can I'm I'm comfortable saying LeBron James will be better than Jordan, you know, but a lot of people are going to be quick to say, well, he's never lost in the NBA Finals. Well, hell, Scottie Pippen's never lost in the NBA Finals, so is Scottie right. Pippen better than better than LeBron James? And see, uh, TV, I'm starting to lean towards that. And McGriff, I want to get your thoughts on this too because I feel like you chime in on it. I feel like mm-hmm. if, if 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 we were to make a football reference, Joe Montana, how many how many Super Bowls have he been to? He's been to four. How many did he lose? Zero. Okay, so if Tom Brady and TV, I, I thank you for this one because you ripped me about this before. Tom Brady has been to how many? Um, I believe he's been to seven. I want to say seven. And how many has he lost? He's lost three. All three of he's them. Eight. From... He's eight. eight. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, he's been eight. He's eight. Yeah, he lost three. He's... Yeah, he's five and three. But yet we still yeah. say that he's better than Joe Montana. When Joe Montana did it with with pretty much equal talent, equal talent, and he's four and oh. Four and oh. So you know, I, I feel like those will continue to say that Tom Brady is the GOAT, he's the greatest of all time because of all the, the championships he's gone to. LeBron James, you could say the same thing, the level of consistency. He dominates the East which is not saying much when the competition is all in the West. We can have these debates left and right. If I was to take the championships away and I just say, put the body of work out there, strip the championships, strip everything that is at the, at the end of the day, what have you done for me lately? I honestly, I have to yield and say LeBron James has the better resume than, than Michael Jordan. And I love Mike. I love Mike. But I just, I agree with you on this one, TV. I think that LeBron will eventually go down. As much as we say that Kobe is the shadow, or I wouldn't say we because some don't say it, Kobe is the shadow of Jordan, but I really do feel like that's because LeBron James is over both those both those gentlemen. In championship games, by far, those guys are closers. That's who they are. But Melo is one of the best Olympian basketball players we've ever seen. He's not a winner in the NBA level at all. Do we hold that against him? No, we've already removed Carmelo from being being relevant when it comes to like <laughs> that kind of talent. In, in the I mean, I mean, I mean, with Carmelo, Anthony, with Carmelo, I mean, look, all these players are different in their own kind of way, right? Carmelo yes. Anthony, we knew coming out of college, he's a scorer. Now, yes. let's just say if he would have went to the Pistons, this man could have had he could have easily had a championship. Or, you know, if he was drafted by a, a well-structured organization, but it just so happened he went to Denver, he's had, you know, let's just say mediocre postseason success, in, you know, in his overall career. But I, I don't know, man. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, each, each player is different. Each player brings something different to the table. I mean, Carmelo Anthony is going to go down as one of the greatest players of all time. There's no, there's no question about that. He's going to go down as one of the best. Uh, Olympians of all time, you know, as far as like basketball, but um, I don't know, man. I think there's just tears to this, and I just think, you know, with LeBron James and the things he's done, I think he's going to be in a different tier. Hell, and I know I'm, I'm all over the place, but it's funny we say Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time, but if we really look at somebody's basketball resume, start from high school 
up until the probes, you can make the argument that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the greatest basketball player of all time. This man has won championships on a high school level all four years. He's won three national championships at UCLA, and if it wasn't for the freshman rule, this man could have easily won four straight national championships at UCLA and then goes on to the pros and wins and ends up winning six championships and also, I believe, five MVPs and also the all-time leading scorer in the NBA. And he has, a, and I believe he has a gold medal, if I'm not mistaken, but I could be wrong about that. But overall, why why don't why don't people why don't people make the argument for Kareem Abdul Jabbar, but we're quick to make the argument for Jordan? Because I think if we're looking dead, at if we're looking at the, if we're looking at the complete body of work, because the now generation doesn't give a damn about the history. We care about those who we've seen, who made the influence in the culture, and at the end of the day, we remember the most. Kareem, you're absolutely right statistically, resume, all that, but majority of those who watch basketball don't know nothing about what you just got done saying. I agree. I, and you know what? And that's a shame, and I agree with you, but honestly, you're right. I mean, when you throw it out there, yeah, Kareem is the best. But did Kareem had a commercials where everybody wanted to be like Kareem? No, probably not. And if it was, it was a black and white. No, no, probably not. no, no you're right. You're right, but it, but then but then we get into the whole we get we get into, now we get into the discussion as far as I'll say this about Jordan. I think Jordan is probably the most is the is the most marketable player in NBA history. There's there's no question. There's oh, no there's doubt. no debate. I think he's I think he's the most market he's the most marketable player in NBA history from Gatorade to shoes, uh, you know, uh, Hayes Hayes underwear, cologne. I mean, you name it. Most marketable player ever in NBA history. But outside of that, if you, if we really – and like you said, it's, it, today's generation doesn't really care. They just get caught up in the moment and YouTube videos. That's fine. But if if you really dive into it and look at the overall basketball resume, you got – you know, you, you're going to come across it like, damn, like this dude Kareem was just the man. Mm-hmm. I just, just think when we get to the – Go ahead. I'm sorry. What was that? I said, no, I was, I was giving you praise. I said, you're always educating us. I'm just sitting back listening. I mean, I mean, you know, and don't get me wrong. Like, we're all around, we're all around the same age. We're all close in age, right? And I grew up watching Jordan. And, yeah, I was a Jordan fan, but as I got older, I said, well, wait a minute, man. I keep hearing about these players, and I don't know anything about them. I, keep, I would hear about Oscar Robinson or Bill Russell or – uh, 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 who's an Elgin Baylor. So, so growing, you know, as I got older, you know, especially like in high school, I said, well, let me start doing my research. And then I was thinking, like, damn, these players are actually, have actually done more in the league than Jordan from a, you know, stat standpoint. But it's just so happened because, you know, Jordan was just this athletic guy and he was marketable. He was on commercials 24-7 and everybody wanted to be like Jordan. I mean, I didn't, of course, but, you know, just saying. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Griff, um, you've heard from both sides. Uh-huh. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, or other. And, you know, he- you know, I, I, I was sitting here initially like, well, yeah, you can't say anybody's better than Jordan. I mean, Jordan is Jordan. And they came from two different eras. The sport was different back then than it is now. However – However, I think that can and will change because we look at the game from a perspective now that 
our kids and our grandkids are going to look at differently. You know, we knew Jordan as kids. Yeah, he was. We didn't get a chance to watch his entire career, but like you couldn't talk about basketball without talking about Michael Jordan in some capacity when we were kids. And like we were eight, we were young enough to watch Kobe's career, and we were all young enough. We all remember um, when LeBron first got into the league and all the hype that he and Carmelo brought with them when they came into the league. And we've been able to see his career progress. And I think that especially the next generation will definitely say that LeBron was the greatest over Jordan. One, because all their Jordan stuff is going to be things they see on classics. But, I mean, if you look at the the overall thing, so like TV said, like Jordan was a very, very, very marketable player. You know, there were people out there that could play better than Jordan, but nobody could market their name like Jordan could. Jordan still will have will have people standing outside of stores at two o'clock in the morning to pay a ridiculous amount of money for a pair of shoes that really ain't even that comfortable, you know. So true. I think that is a lot of the reason why Jordan still has the amount of fame that he does. But if you look at just raw basketball, you know, raw championships and all that, I think that LeBron will be called the greatest. In years to come. Fair enough. Great debate, man. That 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 was that was that was good. That was good. And TV yeah, talking. That, that, that was solid, man. That was solid, that was, Chris, man. Um, that, I, I never I never looked at it that way. It was not to cut you off, Chris. It, that there were other players that were better, but they just weren't able to market themselves like Jordan. That was that's a great. That was a, that's a solid point. Thank you. I, I knew I knew a couple things. You know. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> what team did Michael Jordan play on? Come on, Chris. We all know he played for the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> the he got the red right. Give us some credit for that one. That's um, funny, but that's a good one. Kansas City Chiefs, man. Let's change it up a little bit, fellas, because I, I think for the last little bit of the time we have left, um, I think we a really heated, uh, fundamental conversation about the NCAA. I want to change it up. Don't want to get into rapid fire, get some callers in there, and then, and then switch the gears, because uh, I think this one is going to carry us for the rest of the show. So we've got a couple of questions. Rapid fire, McGriff, you can get into this one, because there's some NFL questions on here. So let's do it. Um, first question, Matt Forte retired. From the NFL, for those who don't know, Matt Forte, rivals of the Detroit Lions, played for the Bears, went to the Jets. I don't know why. Ten years later, he's retired. Thoughts, gentlemen, on Matt Forte and his career? Uh, solid career, man. Uh, eight year, eight years with thousand yards when he's with the Bears. Uh, I think only other player was Walter Payton to do that. Uh, within that organization, and uh, yeah, he he went out with Jets, you know, as best as he could. You know, terrible team, but he was still relevant and still ran the ball hard. So, uh, you know, shout out to him and best of luck in his, his uh, next endeavors in life. Matt Forte, man, uh, the one I, I'll never forget this. 
they opened the season uh, after losing the Super Bowl, I think, against the Indianapolis Colts. And he just ran all over the place. And after that, he just became like a – he became this dual-threat uh, backfield player. So, a career, hats off, even though he played for the Bears. There, you know, a lot of respect coming this way, man. So, best of luck in, in this, you know, second phase of life. Uh, yeah, I uh, got to follow up with what both of them said. I mean, that's the way you should go out. Solid career, like – I mean, I, I I can't think of anything negative to say about the guy. So big ups to him, kudos to him. Um, I'm sure we'll probably see him um, analyzing somewhere. Um, but yeah, congrats. As good as his career was, and as solid as the player was, he did it the right way. I can't say that he's a Hall of Famer. Can we agree to that? Um, you were going in and out. Can I say it again? We can't say that Matt Forte is a Hall of Famer. You can't say he's a what? All the famer. All the famer. All the famer. It's, it's. I mean, eight, eight out of ten seasons that he had, he, he cracked a thousand yards. So it's. I, I think he might get some consideration, but you know, it's unfortunate that, you know, he he didn't have more. I mean, their their shelf life is already decreasing, so that that may be a reason why he might get in because they're already the outlook for what a running back shelf life is that that would show that his body of work was was substantial with those ten years. All right, fair enough, fair enough. I've had enough of Des Bryant, but has Dallas had enough of Des Bryant? Gentlemen, yes or no? I mean, yes. Uh, uh, I've, I've had I've had enough of the, the comments. Um, the productivity just wasn't there last year. Whether he wants to say it was injury-related or not, the productivity's not there. He's not top five receiver. So he has work to do, and I don't know if his work is going gonna, is gonna to continue in Dallas. Yeah, man. I, 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 it's, it's been annoying. I mean, I can't recall the last four years. I can't recall a season where Dez Bryant was just that guy. It seems to be the same thing over and over again, mostly off the field stuff, of course. But I think that was getting to a point where, you know, I think they need to go in a different direction with Dez Bryant. Yeah, get rid of him. Like, so, and it, it's funny how. Like, one thing you think about when you think about Des Bryant is his attitude, and we just had that whole conversation about Draymond, but mm-hmm. I think Des is just, yeah, I, it, it's, 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 it's annoying, like Ella said. Like, I don't even like the Cowboys, but they need to get rid of him. And it, what makes it yep. worse is that they just dubbed his catch. That was, first of all, it wasn't a catch. I, I'm just going to, by rule, that was not a catch. The fact that we come out and say that it was a catch pisses me off. Because if you're going to do that, you need to go to the game before that when they played a team called the Detroit Lions and they didn't call the damn pass interference, which was a pass interference. I just had to get that out. Detroit Lions record. Yeah, but he like to see, he, he, there's no separation anymore and um, he's not getting to the ball. So, I mean, as a receiver, like, your, your, your stock is, is low right now. So. We'll see. Interesting. Interesting. Sticking with the same team, will the NFL be successful in recouping the $2 million that the Dallas Cowboy owner, Jerry Jones, cost them for legal fees during the Ezekiel Elliott suspension case? Gentlemen, yes or no? I'm going to say no. I'm doing my research on this. It's really just a 
you know, a pissing match, excuse my language, but there's too many billionaires out here arguing over $2 million. It's not a good look for the league or for the Shield. Uh, to top it off, he's going at the legal fees, and this was never even in, uh, there was never even any legal, any legal action taken and during these cases and during these uh, altercations. There weren't any legal, legal situations uh, happening. Ezekiel Elliott was separate. Uh, anything involving Jerry and the actual uh, commissioner, it never made it to a legal uh, entity. So I don't know how he's trying to go after him for legal fees when that that wasn't even the case. I feel like this is going to be a, a, a it's a it's a dead situation when it's all said and done. It's not Roger Goodell going after Jerry Jones. It's actually the other owners going after Jerry Jones for the money that was cost and lost during the negotiations that took place, two million dollars, and, and all the legal fees that took place with that. So I wanted to make sure I added it that. Never, yeah, that but it never made it to a legal status, though. That, Understood. That's the biggest thing that I've, yeah, they the biggest lost, thing they I'm looking at. Period. That's what the owners are coming out to say. So the owners feel like they lost some the money. They want it back. Very costly. So, I mean, he tried to stay the cool, right? I mean, he lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's what ultimately happened. Uh, TV, what do you think? Is, is he paying $2 million or what? Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't see this going through, man. Um, uh, I don't, I don't think they're gonna be successful getting getting the two million from um from Jerry Jones, man. The Griff, does the credit card. Get I agree with not- Ellis. I agree with Ellis, man. This is 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 stupid. Like, it's, it's just stupid. It's not even worth talking about. It's really not. I think this is yet another distraction from the man. What he's trying to distract us from. Fair enough. It's yeah, kick it off. Not a good look. Um, the Big Ten tournament is being held at uh, Madison Square Garden. Um, this is the second year that this has been held at uh, M- uh, MSD. Uh, good or bad idea, gentlemen? Prior years, it was held in Indianapolis. I think they'll kill us. That's a large playing field or playing court, I should say. It's a uh, Highly marketable, anything in Madison Square Garden is it's just a good look. So that's the Mecca. Um, have that platform for, for college ball. I, I don't see anything wrong with it. Chris? I honestly can say that I did not hear the question. <laughs> the Big Ten tournament is being held at the Mecca of Madison Square Garden. Good idea or bad idea? Okay. Previous years, it was held in Indianapolis. Um... <laughs> I mean, the NCAA, that's another story in itself. Uh, however, I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's the mecca of basketball. Why not? I mean, hey, they had games before it here. I mean, moving around. TV? Uh, just to clarify, um, last year they actually had the uh, Big Ten tournament in Washington, D.C. Oh, so I uh, just want to put that out there. Yeah, last year was D.C., but previously it's always been in Indianapolis. I don't like it, man. Um, Big Ten needs to just stay put in Indianapolis and just leave Madison Square Garden to the Big East, even though the Big East isn't what it used to be. But typically around this time of year, Madison, Madison Square Garden belongs to the Big East Conference. Fair enough. Rapid fire. Um, I agree with you to a extent, because, again, I look at the Big Ten, one of the best conferences in college basketball, put them on the biggest stage in basketball, which is Madison Square Garden. I understand why to do it. I don't like it. I agree to on the other side where you just need to keep them in Indianapolis. Everybody's in that region. So why even move? I, I just, 
It, it, it makes sense, but I it mean, doesn't make sense. I mean, it, I guess from a recruiting standpoint, that's fine. But overall, it's like, but the Big Ten tournament is, you know, just stick to Indianapolis. That's like the ACC trying to have a tournament in, um, in New York. Like, no, ACC tournament stays in Greensboro, Big East, New York. I don't really care about the Big 12. No one cares about the Big 12. And the Big Ten, you know, just stay in Indy. Big, Big Twelve is uh one of the better conferences this, this year, so we'll we'll yeah we know we okay okay buddy we'll we, see you around we, we've been out, we we've been out yeah exactly we'll see you around tournament time yeah what collapse oh, damn it was not in the Big Twelve when they were making their runs once upon a time they wasn't in the Big Twelve yet so we'll we'll see we'll we'll, we'll get there eventually we'll get there eventually. Talking about the NCAA, gentlemen, I, I got fired up. We were talking about this on Fry House Sports um, earlier tonight, and I'm just going to tell you flat out, I think that the NCAA is absolutely disgraceful. I think that the colleges are equally disgraceful. Um, I think that the coaches are uh, puppets, and they dance to the tunes of money. I think that the players, I'm going to just be frank with it, are cowards, because I think at the end of the Ooh. day, they want money, but they will not sacrifice what it would take to rebel, to get what they want, if it means not playing in the big dance, which is the NCAA tournament. Please understand, ladies and gentlemen, when I say that, I mean it with all respect and the understanding <laughs> of NCAA. I do. I, honestly, McGriff, I do. Because I understand what the NCAA is doing. I understand the money that goes along with it. And I also understand that these players are getting paid for nothing. They get a full scholarship and understand that their likeness that they stripped away from them when it came to video games, video games, fantasy world, by the way, okay, where you can create a character. When they stripped away the likeness of a player and said that they don't want people to generate and get paid off of the likeness of an individual, the individuals are still getting paid, which is the NCAA and the schools, off the likeness of players when they put their pictures or they put their players on billboards, when they put their players and they're advertising them about the tournament, when they do all these other things, but they won't put the focus on the school as much as they put the focus on the player itself. So here's the NCAA saying one thing, but doing something completely different. And I mean this. Mark Emmerich, for him to come out and say about the the head coach of Arizona, I'm going to let Arizona deal with Arizona and I'm not going to get involved, is an absolute disgrace to what NCAA and college athletes or college athletics should be about. If you're going to be governor over this program or if you're going to run this program and say that there's rules along with it, but not going to step up when the FBI gets involved and say it's an ongoing investigation, you need to step up at some point and put your hand down and say, no, enough is enough. And Mark Emmerich is just as guilty of all of this crap as much as these head coaches that sit around like Izzo and let this stuff happen and say it's all about the players. It's all about basketball right now. I'm not going to answer these questions because I don't feel like it. I think it's disgraceful. I think that everything that the NCAA is about is wrong. And I think the only way you change it, especially in basketball, I hate to say it, I agree with Jalen Rose. Unless these players rebel, rebel during the tournament, it's never going to change. 
And the only reason why it's an issue now is because the FBI is involved. And the FBI has never been involved to this extent before in this level where there's wiretaps. And you got a head coach denying wiretaps. It's just like, again, saying, hey, man, I know that you're cheating on your wife, dog. You just need to stop. No, I'm never going to be found out. And then you find out because there's wiretaps there and you're still denying it. That's what he's doing. And I just, I, I can't, I just, everything about the NCAA is just wrong. And Mark Emmer is, I can't say what he is on air, but that's how I feel about it. I, I, I honestly will be shocked if any one of you guys believe that NCAA players should not receive compensation for the likeness that the NCAA is generating off of their name. And most importantly, the institution, when they go along and get drafted in the NBA or the NFL, and they pour money back into the institution and they use that player's name to recruit based on what they were doing from past success, but do not reward them for current success. I'll be shocked if you guys disagree with me. Who wants to go first? I go first. So with the Tom Izzo situation, I saw that I saw that video earlier as far as um, you know, keeping about basketball and, you know, let's just focus on the basketball. I agree with Tom Izzo. I think now is the time to just let his players focus on basketball. Um their season has just been um it's been a roller coaster ride. You know, with the questions, with ESPN, with their report about Tom Izzo and Dan Tony not handling certain things, which which to me, I think ESPN is slowly, not even slowly, I think ESPN is really losing their credibility, um, you know, with their reporting lately. Um, so I agree with Tom Izzo. Keep it about basketball now. This is this is their time. You know, this is March Madness. Keep it about basketball. And if you want to address any other questions, you know, I, you know Tom Izzo, hey, come to me, but I'm going to give you the same answer until everything else you know, until the smoke is cleared. Um, now, as far as players being compensated, I will be honest. At one point, I was against players being compensated because I felt like, okay, you're getting – most of these players are getting a free ride. They're getting a scholarship um, to these institutions. You know, as David Shaw once said, um, we don't bring co- kids in – we don't bring co- kids in to go to college to pay them. We bring them to college to learn how to make millions for themselves. But over the years, I feel like now – over the years, I, I just I realized, you know, you need you need to start doing something because this this isn't new, you know, as far as players taking money. This this has been going on since the '60s, since the, you know '60s or '70s. So there there are ways to pay pay these players. I mean, you got you have coaches making uh, ten, twelve, fifteen million a year on top of you know endorsements, you know, with shoes and credit card companies, stuff like that. So. Things need to change. I mean, this is an antiquated system and believing that, you know, players shouldn't be, be shouldn't be paid, you know, they're student athletes first. But you you can't keep using that term student athlete if, you know, a star quarterback at a at a at a primary college is getting up at five AM and not only is he going to class, but he's doing interviews with ESPN and C B S sports and has to go through film session and has to do practice two, three Two uh, or three day practice, you know, two, uh, two three time practices. So by the time this player day ends, it's damn near ten o'clock, eleven o'clock at night. You that's pretty much that's the that's the full time job. So at some point the system needs to change. So I'm all for it, paying these players, man. I'm all for it. 
and TV was crazy. <laughs> I smile at this, and I'll uh, I'm a grippy jump in there. I smile at this because I remember when Rich Rod got fined and we lost scholarships here in Michigan simply because they were working out longer than what the NCAA allowed it to be. So the NCAA regulates all the rules. By the way, if you are an athlete at, at, let's just just use Detroit Mercy. You're an athlete there and you decide you want to go to Western Michigan because you sign a letter of intent to Detroit Mercy, you have to sit out for a year. Yeah, out a year. This is the NCAA regulating what a kid can do. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I just the comparison of an athlete, a student athlete, and a student—it's just ridiculous. I hate—I hate when it happens because there's no way you can compare the two. This is no way, absolutely no way. Well, Griff, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, you cut me off. I wouldn't say nothing. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with TV. Um, so there can be – okay, I don't know how I'm trying to frame this. So should uh, NCAAs get paid? Yes, I think they should. Um, like TV said, they're pretty much working full-time jobs on top of the fact that they're getting an education. And – they are actually, while the university is providing them an education somewhat free of charge, they are bringing in money to the university. We all mm-hmm. know that these schools are getting paid hand over fist for these games. Like, think about how much each ticket costs. Think about, like, people watching the games on TV, commercials, all this stuff. Like, a lot of money is being made off the backs of these players and they are not being financially compensated for it. Now, we can all think of some things where some people are doing all of the work, but other people are reaping the benefits. I'm not going to say what it is, but I just say there's some some similarities that we know out in the world. Next, there could be the issue of if we pay these uh, these students, then we're not going to have money for other things to happen, right? And to that argument, I say that in the United States, there is enough wealth. There is enough wealth just in the United States alone to make sure every single man, woman, and child can live comfortably, be able to eat every day, and have the things they need to lead a happy and successful life. However, because there are a select group of people that want to hoard all of the money, they keep getting richer while other people are struggling. And it's the same way in the NCAA. Like, there are a select group of people that are getting paid a lot of money because of how well um, these games are going and how much money this generates. That they don't want to lose any of that money. They don't want to see anyone else succeed at their own expense. So I think that's why it will never really get to the point where these players are getting paid. Thank you for the applause. <laughs> you know a lot of points, man. You hit on, you hit on a lot of points. Ellis, uh, jump in there. Um, I mean, I think ultimately the players need to be compensated. Uh, I think from a, from a standpoint of the NCAA as a whole, uh, being just a, a money grab, and in my opinion, you know, is very. I mean, even it's very socially and and unfortunately. In my opinion, racially charged, kind of some of the some of the 
some of the underlying tone that goes with this uh, in regards to why they have an issue with it. Um, you know, I think that the G League or the Development League is now a lot a lot more set up to be able to take some of this heat off of them. And it's just like I said, it's been a cash grab for the NCAA. Now, the reason I said that it's been kind of racially and socially charged is because in other sports, they're not saying anything about these players kind of being compensated, being kind of, you know, one and done and doing different things and going and playing in the minor leagues and other other systems because I, let's just put it out there, you know, it's, it's not – it's just not frowned upon for that to happen in hockey and baseball, but it is for basketball and football, which are predominantly played by African-Americans. But I digress. I, at the end of the day, it's a tragedy as to what's happened, and like this is going to take some drastic measures for even some players to, to stand up and potentially try to get this going. On the flip side of that, too, in college ball, there's, you know, you're trying to create this team sport, team environment. Let's just put it out there. Majority of the talent throughout the NCAA is, is not good. So can you really justify certain players being paid, so to speak? And if so, are you trying to just make it, you know, is it, should it be more for more mar- marquee players? Or is it just more so literally the idea of them being compensated? Um, how, how, what are you guys' views on that? So I like that question. And I understand what you're saying. I like the flip side. I like the argument. Um, Please understand that although it's a small percentage of players that are really good and they go on to play in, you know, the leagues that they are respectively trying to play in, understand Mm -hmm. that the colleges, universities, as well as the NCAA still uses the players' likeness Mm -hmm. to recruit other students that are not student-athletes. Let me ask y'all a question. Okay. Bottom line. Wichita State basketball. Who the hell does anybody know where that school is located? Currently, right now, without looking it up. Wait, what what's that? What school? Wichita State. Is that in Wichita, Kansas? Missouri? It's in Kansas, right? Yeah, Kansas, Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. Wichita, Kansas. Yes means no. Again, huh? we won't be talking about Wichita State basketball or Wichita State University if we don't talk about the basketball program and how well they did in the tournament. Again, using well, the light. It's in Kansas, though, right? I'm sorry? It is. Yes. It's in Kansas, mm-hmm. though, right? The basketball okay. program. Yeah, Ellis, man, get, get him on your geography, bro. <laughs> <laughs> using the likeness of the basketball program <laughs> that they had in early 2000 to recruit currently for not only their college uh, basketball program, but just the school in general. So, again, using the likeness of these players. Do I need to remind you guys of what happened with Northwestern uh, football when they wanted to unionize? And the whole principle was that they wanted to make money. They felt as though exactly what we're saying, that the NCAA was profiting off these guys and what they achieved on the field. National championships should mean something bigger than just a ring or, or your jacket or a trophy that they don't even get to take home. It should mean something. And what if they could just make $1,000 off that game? $1,000. They get a stipend that's approved by the NCAA in football. They get a stipend to play in the games. The school makes millions of dollars while the student just plays and gets the accolades to say, I participated in that game. 
Because that makes sense, right? I'm sorry. <laughs> Am I missing something? Like, how is that fair? I don't get it, TV. I just don't get it. I, I just don't get it. I, I really don't. And I understand the whole scholarship, full ride, four years. But some of these guys don't even do four years. They don't. The G League players no, make they don't. $62,000 and, playing the G League. And, 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 and to add to Ella's point, um, I, I, I think you got to take consideration with the NBA, right? Remember at one time, um, you know, you come out of high school and go to the league. You know, you come right out of high school, make your millions, and go about your business. But you got some of these good old boys that didn't like that and worked in cahoots with the NBA and said, you know, we're going to change this rule to a one and, one and done. Well, yeah, you got a one and done going on, but some of these players are still taking money. So get rid of the one and done and let these players go out, come out of high school and make their millions. And as far as how to pay these players, you know, do you pay the best player on the team? I think you just, for example, in my opinion, I think you just take the shoe deal money. Instead of letting the coach get that, just give it to, just put that up or, you know, somehow compensate the basketball team, you know, if they have a shoe deal with, if, you know, if the, if the institution has a shoe deal with Nike, Adidas, Under Armour. I just, I believe there are ways to compensate these players. There are ways to do it, but I think, some of these good old boys are just lazy and don't want to any up the money. I think the way you can compensate them is by national championships. Simple as that. Because you're talking about not only college basketball and football, but you also have to think about the golf players, the lacrosse, the swim teams, all the other teams, gymnastics. You have to think about all the other teams that will sit there and fire wolf, especially when you talk about Title IX and women athletes. So everyone has to somehow profit off of them. So if your team participates in the national championship game, you get X amount of dollars. If you win the national championship in your respective sports, you get X amount of dollars. You forfeit this amount of money if you decide to not continue your education past your junior year, senior year. Throw in stipulations or whatever you need to go in. You can make up something. But something that's unilateral for all sports, to me, Give it to those who win national titles. If you win a national See, title, I wouldn't wait. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it that way because if I'm if I'm if I'm if I'm a student if if I'm a star player on let's just say I'm a star player for uh, basketball and I'm hungry in the middle of the night. Um, I I I gotta eat. I need I need money. We all been on college. We all went to college. We all been on, we all stayed on campus. How many times? <laughs> You know, late at night, we're like, damn, I need to eat. I'm hungry. I need, you know, I need some money. I say give the players money, again, from these shoe deals, from whatever sponsors these institutions have. Give it to the players. Don't just wait until they deliver you a national championship. I mean, what are chance, I mean, what are the odds of you actually staying X amount of years or that one year where you just happens to, happen to deliver a national championship? So I think, this just me, I just think, Whatever players that come to you know come to that, to these programs, whether it's golf, swimming, fencing, whatever sponsors that are there, I'm pretty sure these these big institutions have sponsors. Give them a certain amount of money. Give them a stipend. Give them something because at the yeah. end of the day, you you can't you can't eat you can't eat a, you can't eat a scholarship. You can't you can't you can't digest a scholarship. You got to eat. You got to survive. 
You got to keep gas in your car. Not everybody, and plus, not everybody is coming from, uh, you know, a, a home background. where a, a de- there you go, a decent background. Thank you, a decent background. You mentioned you mentioned fencing, so let's just let's just go there, McGriff, uh, Ellis. Mm-hmm. Fencing versus college basketball. College basketball sponsors they got the Adidas sign right on there. I'm pretty sure they make at least five million in sponsorship dollars. From Adidas or something of that in the millions. Let's just say the millions. Fencing doesn't have that, so you know, say like, so it, are you TV? Are you saying before before I, I turn it over to these guys? Are you saying just in general, if a shoe company or whatever company sponsored the athletic program as a whole, then stipend that money to all the athletes, or are you just saying in their respective sports? So if State Farm wants to sponsor such and such a uh, program then they get money. But what if the swim team doesn't get a sponsor? Do they not get money? Say that question. Say that one more time. I didn't really understand it. Let's just say Adidas is the official sponsor of the athletic program for a university. Okay. Are you saying that that money is divvied to all programs, or are you saying that respective companies that sponsors a program Get X amount of dollars for that particular program. So a swim team I was, may not get the same amount of money as the college football team. I would say split. I would say if so, if Nike is the sponsor for that, pro, you know, for that, you know, for that particular uh, not particular program, but for the athletic program as a whole, then just split it up. Find a way to split up um, amongst like all the programs, like I said, from swimming to fencing, whatever, because. Again, I think it'll, it'll, you know, it'll even out. Now, chances are, you know, at a major institution where football reigns supreme, the football program, the football program or the football players may get more than the swim team, but they'll still get some in the, in, you know, overall. So I'm, I'm just looking at it as far as just make sure that all these athletes or these quote unquote student athletes get something. You know, that's that's what I'm aiming for. Just give them something. Right. I, do I know what amount that should be? I really, you know, maybe a couple, you know, maybe a couple thousand, maybe ten thousand. Who knows? But overall, you have athletes that uh, pretty much damn near have a full time job. You know, having to go to practice, class, film session, whatever. Overall, just give these players, give, give them something. You got to give them something, man. Yeah. Well, McGriff, you know, as far as you know, you being a college athlete, or, you know, I guess being a college student, if you want to go buy clothes, don't worry about that. We'll just give you the apparel of the program and you can wear the shorts, the hoodies and the breakaways and you, you got clothes. Don't worry about clothes. You don't need money for that. We'll dawn our gear as you continue your success here at our program. We'll take good care of you. Don't worry. And that's essentially how it goes. It's like, hey, shut up and dribble. So I guess to the last Ow. one, Griff, I think you made the um noise when I said it. I said, shame on the players for not taking a larger stand and care more about banners than they do about this issue. But yet they'll break the rule and have us on the uproar. So question to you, and then I'll give a last question to the masses. Um, Do you agree with that sentiment? Do you agree that maybe the players should do more, say more, step up, or shut the hell up and stop breaking the rule? Because it's a rule, and they're breaking it. Um, no, I do not agree with that sentiment. I mean, history tells us that revolutionaries 
um, are often the ones most targeted. You know, people make examples out of people that make waves and people that challenge the status quo. And if you're a poor kid from Pawtucket, Arkansas, um, that without this basketball scholarship, you literally have nothing, like, you are not that inclined to risk it all to make sure everyone gets what they deserve. And I think that's why we're in this predicament now. Like, when somebody knows they have power over you, they're going to do whatever they can to make sure they maintain that power and make sure you know your place. Fair enough. So I guess my last question to the three of you guys um, might take a minute to answer it, but knowing what we know now of the NCAA and all the issues that go along and as far as playing uh, playing, paying players and the corruption that is the NCAA, because we know that is corruption there, Are you still supporting March Madness? Because when we turn on our TV, turn on the tablets, follow, bracket challenges, all of this stuff, this is just money going right into their pockets. Are you still well, supporting? I have, a show I, do on Thursday. I have a show I do on Thursday, so it forces me to have to watch some games like that. Thanks, McGriff. Thanks, McGriff. We just won't cover, cover the tournament. How about that? Wow. Oh man, be right up your alley. We won't cover. We won't cover the games at all. Not, not even a little bit. No, but I mean, real, real, real talk though. I, I guess for the masses, those who really have a, a huge issue with this, do you still support the product? Should they still support the product? It's almost like the NFL, right? TV. If you got an issue, and you support what Colin Kaepernick stood for. Then don't watch. No, that's that's true. Um, only only problem is, you know, the funds have already been dispersed for you know up for March Madness. You know, everything's already been taken care of. So I mean, if anything, yeah, you lose viewership, but the money's already been you know been exchanged. But uh, I don't know, man. It's you know it's a tough one. I mean, for me, I'm not all in tune. I mean, you got people that. You know, do uh, what you call those uh, square, you know, March Madness squares, whatever. So, I don't know, man. I mean, if people are really concerned or really, really care, there's only so much we can do as fans, but I think it'll be up to the athletes to actually not take court, not dribble the ball, you know? Mm-hmm. It starts with yeah. them because if, no, if there's no athletes, then there's no March Madness. There's no March Madness. And therefore, there's no money. So it starts with the players. I really hate the NCAA. I hate the NCAA with a, a very disdained taste. I'm glad that college football separated from them to a certain extent. So I guess it is what it is, gentlemen. Um, I guess stay warm. Um, FT Sports Podcast, we appreciate everybody tuning in tonight. Uh, sorry we didn't get to any callers tonight. Uh, very good debate, LeBron James and, and Jordan. That's one to, to listen to down the, down the road. So good conversation, fellas. Um, if you guys want to continue to listen in to us, go to www.ftsportspodcast.com. You can like us on iTunes, follow us on Facebook. And as always, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. And this show is created by the fans for the fans. Have a good night. We'll see you next week. Oh yeah.
दूरी है